Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It's my privilege to introduce and pray for Kate Gallo. She is uh, an awesome lady, and she has recently been ordained as pastor, so we call her Pastor Kate. Pastor Kate. Kind of get, get that into your lingo, Pastor Kate. That's what we call her. Lord, we ask for your anointing on Kate. We ask that you would fill her mouth and her heart with your words and help us to remember what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God, church. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today is a wonderful morning to worship the Lord, to bless Him. Thank you, God, for helping us to wake up this morning. Thank you, God, for your mercies and your love. We love you this morning. Amen. Amen. My name, like you heard, is Kate Gallo. I'm wife to Jonathan Gallo, and we have two beautiful babies, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And this morning, I want to talk to you about something that we all really need. In this Christian walk, we cannot make it with this one thing, without this one thing. So I want us to be reminded and to be encouraged. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be talking about entering into the place of rest. Amen. Everybody wants rest, right? Matter of fact, I just had a baby recently and another one just before that. So as you can imagine, most women in here can relate. Some of these pictures show the unrealistic expectations that I had. For example, that top one saying, mom's alone time. That's what I used to think I'm going to get. <laughs> and the one with the little uh, baby and mama snuggling all cute. That's what I thought. But that the other one is what I really get like I'm trying to get just a little time to just rest close my eyes and the doors are being knocked mommy mommy everybody's calling me mommy and daddy can't even save save the day they want mommy you know so as a mama and I'm sure most of the mamas in here can relate to that we're looking for rest everybody in different walks of life we're all looking for rest, especially this day and age right so what is rest? We have a couple definitions of the word rest. Uh, the first one we're going to look at, it, it means to cease work, to actually stop what you're doing. Um, I have a funny clip out there. This guy is saying, but I'm not ready to retire. So that's one of them. The second one means just a peaceful sleep, peaceful rest. And then the third one means peace, ease, or refreshment during uncircumstantial times. Like, for example, Jesus sleeping on the boat and resting on the boat. That was not a perfect time to rest. He should have been up helping the others, but he was enjoying rest. That's uncircumstantial. Um, and then a fourth meaning of rest is abide. As in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place that dwelling is like resting, resting in that secret place. Amen? Amen. So this, I did not know this, but I'm glad that I was able to look it up and find that rest actually means Shabbat. You have the Hebrew word there, and then you have the Greek word there. It means Shabbat. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Sounds like the Sabbath, right? It is. It is the Sabbath. So it literally means to rest, to stop. Just like God uh, created the whole world in six days and then the seventh day he rested, that seventh day, which now we know as Saturday, that the Jewish people usually celebrate in honor of remembering what God did, 
was like the perfect example of how we should rest. We should do our job, and then we just almost shut, shut the world out, you know? And in this uh, PowerPoint I have, uh, Sabbath reminds us that God is the one who gives us rest. So when, even when we think about that word rest, it means Sabbath. It means just getting away and just being who you are called to be, thinking about God, praising God, loving him, amen? So this is a spiritual place, but it's also physical, where you stop what you're doing, amen? I have a, a number of times that it's been mentioned in the Bible, and after you tally all of it, it's 256 times. Can you see God is really serious about this word? He, he had to mention it this many times for us to get it. He's serious about rest. And he actually was the first example of what it looks like to rest. So <clears throat> I, I have to share about this very special verse that I have come across from the time I was younger. And now that I'm older, I look at it and I just marvel because it says, Psalms 127.2 says, It is in vain for you to rise up early, to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. So in this day and age, everybody's waking in the crack of dawn, coming home in the, in the depth of the nights, probably didn't even have uh, lunch, you know, running around. We're chasing the dollar. We're chasing, you know. And you look at this verse, and it's talking about the toil that we, all the, all the energy that we place in toiling. And there's versions that say that God is working for his own while they are sleeping, meaning you're over here putting all your effort towards making your life work, but if you were to switch and seek God, then he's, he's going to be working for you while you're resting, while we're sleeping. He's just going to provide. And th this actually uh, connects with um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be added unto you. So it's a very interesting verse, and it causes us, us as Christians to stop and reassess. Is that me? Am I that person? I'm like chasing the dollar to almost no effect, you know? You feel like you've been working, you're living paycheck to paycheck. God is offering us a different way of doing this life, amen? amen. So the first instance that the word rest has been mentioned, we, we talked a little bit about it, is actually Genesis 2, 2 to 3. And it says, on the seventh day, God ended his work. He ceased, he stopped which he had made, and he rested. On the seventh day, from all the work which he had made, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. So that's a holy day. That's a blessed day. He blessed it. And he did that as an example, so we also can follow like that. And there's blessing in it. Can you see that? There's blessing in it, man. Praise God. So I want to share something. It was 2019, right after the sevenfold uh, miracle crusade. <coughs> Excuse me. My husband and I, we came across a verse in Isaiah 58. It says, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy 
of the Lord, honorable and shalt honor him, not doing thine own way, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. So when we came across this verse, we just felt like the Lord was calling us to do that. We just felt like he was saying, how about just one day in the week, just whatever day you pick, that one day, just do my stuff. Don't do your stuff. Don't talk what you want to say. Don't run your own errands. Just run my errands. Just be with me. Just stay with me, you know? And it really was an invitation. And my husband and I, we decided, okay, from now on, all our Saturdays, we're going to be at home doing one thing. He would go to one room, I'd go to the other with Bibles and notebooks, and we'd just study the Word and just study the Word the whole day from morning till evening. And then evening would come together and just share. We were not even ready for what, what we enjoyed and what came to us because when we started being faithful in that, we realized that God had given us a hunger. We could not wait for Saturday. We could not wait for Saturday because it was not even so much for him. It was also for us. We were resting. By Friday, I had done all the cooking, cleaning, and everything. And Saturday, I was just enjoying being with the Lord. And we, oh my goodness, we read, like for me personally, I moved all the way from Genesis. I finished all the way to Malachi like that, like just a couple of weeks. And it was such joy, such peace, such provision. People would come to our house and be like, wow, this place is so peaceful. You know, and we could see the joy of the Lord. It just flowed effortlessly talk about provision it was amazing like i'm telling you it was amazing and you see this uh this place right here it was my husband's birthday and i i uh, surprised him with a trip to possum kingdom lake it's called the cliffs and you can see that beautiful sceneries that we're enjoying that was a saturday and we did not care that we were on vacation it was most important for us to still study the word. So I'm outside studying the word. And this is my husband sitting here. You see his thermos? And he secretly took a picture of me. <laughs> but you can imagine how the Lord can spoil you. If you give him time and you allow him to just, to just stay in his presence, he's going to do everything. He just wants our relationship. And it comes down to time. If we give God our time... He'll change us. He'll, it will be more effortless on our part, right? Amen. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing your uh, thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. Okay, I'm not talking this morning, but I will point out something about five lines from the bottom where it says, I will call thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. Those are the words that is associated with oil being given to Israel. Then it goes on down, I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob.
So if you look at the prophecies that were given to Jacob, one of them is that he will be given the fatness of the earth. And that fatness is not talking about olive oil, it's talking about crude oil, meaning if Israel, this specifically is talking to Israel, but we can certainly apply it to us, if Israel will turn away their foot from the Sabbath, then he will put them on the high places. That means he will make them the richest, strongest, most powerful nation, richest nation on the planet by giving them the crude oil. Took a little, it took a few Saturdays of research to find that, yes. Yes, amen to that. That is very true. And personally, how I saw it is, if you remember Jacob, even his, his livestock, it just multiplied. It just multiplied and multiplied. It's a blessing of plenty. It's a blessing and abundance. And that is what the Lord is inviting us to do when we take time in his presence. Now, in the Bible, there's one time when Israel actually enjoyed tremendous peace. And this was uh, <clears throat> the time when, so going back, David, King David wanted to, he had that desire to build uh, a temple for God. But he was a man of war. He was stained with blood. And to God, he wasn't the right person to do this. So this is what God told David about his son. First Chronicles 22, 9, he said, Behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies round about, for his name shall be Solomon, and I will give him peace and quietness unto Israel in his, in his days. So first of all, it is true. King Solomon's time, there was extreme rest, provision, like the whole nation enjoyed just God reigning in that place, right? But look, can you imagine God calling somebody a man of rest? Wouldn't you want God to say that of you? I would want God to say that I'm a woman of rest, you know, and that during your time, he allows you to enjoy so much rest that you are even at peace with your enemies. We have enemies. We have people who don't want the best for us, but God can let you enjoy peace even with those people. It's such a beautiful thing, right? Praise God. Um, so rest and trust go in hand in hand. You cannot have one and not have, you cannot have just one. You have to have both of them. Let me say thank you to my husband for all the nice uh, graphics. <laughs> he gets the credit for that. <laughs> so rest and trust go hand in hand. The meaning of trust is to rely upon, reasonably expect, to believe, and to entrust. Right? So for me to be married to my husband, I'm living a life of rest because I trust him. I believe in him. So we can bring it down to just relationships that we have with people that we love. You have, for you to rest in a relationship, you have to have trusted that person, right? Like my children, they trust me, they trust their daddy, and they rest. They truly rest. So we can say that if you're not believing, then you're, un you're not, you're, the opposite of belief is unbelief, right? So Hebrews 3, 15, 19 we're given an example of, uh, of the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. They had an opportunity to enter the place of rest. God allowed them to, uh, to come in, but they failed to enter. So we're going to see why. It says, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, 
and to whom swore he that they should not enter into the into his rest but to them that believe not so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief do we believe god do we trust him do we truly trust him because we have to believe to enter so that invitation that was given to the children of israel stands today it still stands today God is saying, do you want to enter my place of rest? What do you have to do? You have to have that ticket that says believe. You have to believe to enter. Amen. Hebrews 4.11 says, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Do not allow yourself to be like the people of Israel who failed to enter. Remember, this is a sweet place God is calling us to. Amen. He's not calling us to a laborer's life. He's calling us to rest. Do we not need rest, guys? We need it like, oh my goodness, we need rest, please. Any day, you know? So God is still calling us to enter. Amen. So... I have another testimony. When I was younger, uh, back in Africa, we were in a boarding school, and this was actually high school. And I want to give an example of how God taught me, and I have a twin sister for those who don't know. Her name is Nancy. He taught us how to rest. And let me tell you guys, this is something that we've been told to labor. Don't just sit. There's something you have to do to get there, right? When we were younger, God taught us how to enter his place of rest. Three times a day, 4.30, we would wake up in the morning, go to the prayer mountains and pray. Lunchtime, we would go somewhere to like a complex, like a two-story building and just pray. In the evening, sundown, we just go out in the field and cry and praise the Lord. Three times a day, we never planned it. He just showed us. And once we started doing that, oh my goodness, you guys. You see God's favorites? That's what people used to call us. He, we flowed in joy, peace. We would pray for people's needs, and they came to pass. They came to pass. Even at that time when we were 16, I even had a dream that I'll come to America, and we'll sing. And in, uh, yes, God was just moving like you don't even know. And you know what we were doing? Let me show you what we were doing. You see, you see that sheep? That's how I remember my life. It flowed. People just knew us left, right, and center. There was just glory and so much favor. But that's my life. I just rested. We just rested. We spent time with the Lord. There's part to play. There's a part for you to play. But as we're going to see, he's calling us to an easier life if we can open our spiritual eyes and really see it. Amen? So I love this verse because it says, The Lord is my shepherd. Psalms 23, you guys know it. 1 to 2, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. There's an actual place. Amen? I don't know if there's anybody who can connect and know that I've been there. But this is a place that the Lord is calling us to go. So... You know how your puppies, they're always waiting for the owner, like, I know he's coming, you know? That's how we're supposed to wait, believing and trusting. I know my God will come through. Whatever situation it is, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. You know that situation that's bothering you and you're like, oh my goodness, I've tried A, B, C, D, and F, now I don't know what to do. God is saying, rest. 
rest. Give it to me and rest. Amen. I have to share that um, in our marriage, and I know most of the married people here can, can uh, attest to it. You know when you have that issue that your husband and, or your wife, you guys don't see each other eye to eye. You know those no. issues that you're like, uh, and, and, and it's okay. You know why? We're two different people, raised different backgrounds. We come together. We're going to need Jesus. That's what it is. That's, there's no other way. So for you to mesh and be one person, you're going to need Jesus. Otherwise, you'll be like this and this. That's, at least that's what we found out. So my husband and I, when we have those issues that we can't see each other eye to eye, you know what we do? We take it to the Lord in prayer. You remember that song? It says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God. Let me tell you, my husband is my witness. We would go and just kneel down and give it to the Lord. Man, let me tell you, he will move like, oh my goodness. We're like, wow, we never even thought of it. He moves and you are like left speechless. When he comes in, he comes in. So we found that those issues, we know where we're going. We hit the knees and we say, Lord, we give it to you. We give it to you. And he comes. He actually comes, you guys. I wish I could share testimony after testimony. So for married couples, you can find rest in, and peace in your marriage. Just call him. You have to hit your knees. There's no shortcuts. You have to hit the knees and give it to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Right? We have to be different. If the whole world is looking at us and we're struggling like they are, then what's the difference? Then why should they come and join Christ? But in Christ, there's rest. We, we can live our lives differently. Amen. So when I had my first baby, um, after I had my baby, my postpartum stuff was not right because I started having symptoms of something I didn't know. I was like, what's going on with me? So I called the doctor, and the doctor says, oh, you're having panic attacks. You're having anxiety. And I'm like, anxiety? If you've never had anxiety, you have to experience it to be able to know, to, like, to actually know what it is. I had never even thought of, you know, I never even knew what anxiety was until I went through it. Now, it was all hormonal, but I suffered. I struggled. I remember I would be in the middle of a crowd, and inside I'm shaking. I feel like I'm about to die. I feel like I was just anxiety. Like, I, I don't know how to say it. You're like in extreme fear, extreme desperation. You feel like you can't breathe. Like, it's so suffocating, you know? And I remember they wanted me to take meds. I refused to take meds. I said, if it's hormonal, then it's going to go away after I have the baby. And I just hit my knees, and I would cry. I could not even sleep at night sometimes because of fear that I couldn't even hold. But the Lord used this verse to bring me back to peace. You know, it says, Psalms 13, 11, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quietened myself as a child that is wind of his mother. My soul is even as a wind child. I would have to close my eyes. And after I see my baby, because my baby, when I put them on the chest, they rest. Have you seen a baby on their, on their mama's chest? They're like chilled out. 
nowhere in the world. And I started thinking about it, meditating on that verse. I would look at my baby, close my eyes, and tell my, my soul, rest in the Lord. And I would see myself as a little baby, literally lying in Jesus' chest. And today I'm here to tell you, I don't even know what anxiety is. I haven't had anxiety. He healed me. He healed me. He gave me patience and peace and joy. I cannot, I don't even know what to say. All I can say is, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Is it depression? You know, these mental issues are very isolating. Is it depression? Have you heard of that uh, phrase that says, look at others and be oppressed? Look inward and be depressed. Look upwards and be at rest. Amen. We have to look to God. Whatever it is, he will give you rest. He will take it and he will give you rest. Amen. That is the God we serve. So Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you what? He's going to give you what? Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Okay? So, first of all, we know that we are here that Jesus is meek and lowly. Gosh, he went to the cross for us. He loved us so much, he went to the cross, and he's so approachable. That's what he tells me. He tells me he's meek and lowly. He's welcoming. His hands are open wide. He's saying, come. There's an invitation. Those issues you're dealing with, you don't have to carry those burdens anymore. Now, it's not that you're not going to carry something. You're going to carry something, but it's going to be very light. Let me talk about the yoke. The yoke is actually an apparatus that used to be used when cows were, were, were plowing. And there's some conditions for it to work properly, for the cows to actually get the work done. They both had to be equally yoked, meaning like it's joining them together so close and also they're to synchronize. They're synchronized. Whatever the moves they're making, they're synchronized. They had to have that for you to actually see the plowing happening. You can't have one cow in front of the other, you know. They had to be on the same level. They had to be synchronized for the work to happen. And so you can call this like an intimate joining, right? Well, you know what that is? It's Jesus and you and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the yoke. We have to stay close. We have to be synchronized. We have to walk together. This is how we enter. This is, you have to be joined. That's why it says, abide in me and my word will abide in you. Then you shall ask, you know? So, we have to be there. And look, so in Japan, and I think in Korea, they used to have a way of training young cows. When they're starting to learn how to plow, because that was their job, they would do mama cow, yoked on one side, and then baby cow over here. But that's baby cow. That baby cow would be carrying, you see that small load? And they would work together as they train the younger cows before they become of age, right? So that's how Jesus is, he's, he's really saying like we should be like little children walking next to him because look what he's going to do. He's going to take the heavy stuff. Amen. Can you use that this morning? Amen. I need him to take all the burdens. I don't, I don't want to deal with them. But you must stay in his yoke. And his, his burden is light. So 
we're going to talk about practically what that means. Because it's not that you're just going to rest. You must hit the knees. Get that relationship going. Because you have to be, as you can see, you have to walk with him. You know him, he knows you. You're there worshiping him, loving him. It's a relationship, amen? And it's a beautiful one because, man, don't we need this rest, guys? He knows we need the rest. He knows we can't make it. if we're, We can't go win souls if we're carrying the burdens ourselves. Amen? I don't know if you guys know John Banyan. He wrote the pre Pilgrim's Progress. Man, his story is amazing, and they have it even in cartoons. I never knew about him until I watched a cartoon, and man, 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 he was looking for the truth. He would go and try to pray. He can't find that breakthrough until somebody looked at him and said, why are you struggling? Why are you suffering? Give it to the Lord. You're still carrying your burdens. You're still carrying them. You need to give them to the Lord. So my question to you is, are you going to the Lord with burdens and living with burdens? Because he said, come unto me, all ye who are heavily laden, and I'll give you rest. But you have to put the burden down and leave it there. Don't take it, you know. I'm going to tell you practically what I do, okay. So, first of all, only Jesus can give us inner rest. Only God, the Sabbath, can give us rest. Let's just get that out of the way. There's no new age, whatever, the kingdom, nothing, no, no religion, Nowhere, nothing. It's only God, right? So without Christ, we will be working even when we, are, when we are resting. So I had, for those who are not here, I was reading from Psalms 127 that says that um, it is in vain that you wake up early and sleep late while the Lord is working for them that he loves while they are still sleeping. And you look around. This is America. People live like that. They're just like, Whoa. You know, I have people in Africa who are like, I will never come back. That place, people don't have a, a quality of life. They're like robots. Yeah. I think it's true. Uh, you go outside of America and you see people know how to really rest. Here, life is demanding. But let me tell you guys. It says, so without Christ, we will be working even when we are, while we are resting. But with Christ, you are resting even while you're working. How? I'm going to give you practical tools. I already talked about spending time with God, hitting the knees. You got to do it. This is the light yoke that he's selling. This is the part you have to play. Remember it says, labor that you don't miss out on the rest. Remember? This is how you get to the belief. You have to spend time with God. As you spend time with God, he, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to trust and believe in him. And then as you trust and believe in him, you have to surrender daily. This was me. I would go to the Lord, give, it, give all the burdens, walk away, and take my burdens with me. So I'd be doing my day, and I'm like, man, this thing is still bothering me. You know what I learned to do now? And it, I give that glory to the Holy Spirit. He'd say, go back and give it. You didn't give it. And I'm telling you, I would go back, hit my knees and say, I give this to you. It's bothering me. Go out. If I feel like that, I go back again. And let me tell you, by the time I'm done with the day, it's gone, dealt with, and I have peace. These are practical things because we're human beings. And everywhere you turn, you hear, oh, follow your heart. Chase your dreams. Oh, uh, it says what? Do what your heart loves. That's not our God. God is calling us to give it to him. He's going to do the work, right? Not us, right? Praise God. And then praise and worship. Let me tell you, you got depression. The Bible says the garment of praise is what you use to take away that heavy spirit. You got anxiety. Well, let me tell you, after you give it to the Lord, you're like, ah, so what do I do now? Praise the Lord. As you wait, worship the Lord. And let me tell you, 
it's an amazing life. You can truly say that people can see Jesus in your life because the fruits are there. And you're doing just these things. And he'll teach you more. But guess what you'll be doing? Resting. Praise God. Amen. If you want prayer, you can come to the front and any of the pastors can pray for rest in your life. I can pray for rest in your life. But let's actually pray, right? Thank you, Jesus, for your message and for reminding us how much we need to rest in you and how much you've done so much. All we have to do is follow and yield and surrender daily. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the joy that you give us. We thank you that you are God in our lives, oh God. We bless you, we honor you, and we adore you. In Jesus' name, I pray, trust, and believe. Amen. Welcome to Spirit Prophecy Church. Can you believe it's July 30th? I mean, school's about to start. Woo! Right? Oh, does anybody, any of you kids like to go to school? A <laughs> <laughs> couple of adults will raise their hands. Yeah, we love school. <laughs> anyway, um,. We got to pray for y'all next Sunday. Please don't let me forget. We got to pray for all these school kids going back to school because there's so much not good stuff in schools happening right now. And parents, you need to have your eyes open so we need to know, and ears open so we know what to do, what to say to them, and train them, and equip them. It's, you can't just send them off to school and not be involved. We just have to do something. All right, there's a couple of announcements because there's going to be a new month next month. Uh, first of all, I have to keep forgetting. So, who had birthday in June? Anybody birthday in June? Well, happy birthday. So I missed you too, Alfred? You had a birthday? Oh, Judith. All right. Well, happy birthday to y'all. So in July, who had birthdays in July? Freddie, Parrots, JC. Okay, we got all those. Okay. Anybody else have birthdays in July? Okay. And then uh, whose birthday is coming up in August? Pastor Stan. <laughs> okay, Doug. Okay. They have the same birthday right here. And Andrew, so, so Doug, when is yours? The twentieth? Yes. Said yes, ma'am. All right. And then twenty second. Yes, second, twenty second, twenty, twenty four, twenty four. And Bill Schnimba's twenty four. I always say that because he's he's a he's a twenty four too. And my nephew will. I yeah. We always my sister and I always say it's the birthday. Whenever they act up, Sharonda and I'll say, it's the birthday. <laughs> Has to be. Okay, so let me find this paper all around. Let me go over. Can you pick it up? What, honey? Can you pick it up for me? How many times is that now? Five? Three? Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, try to be here right before we start, 930, because I'm going to start right on the dot uh, the next two Sundays, please. And you miss a lot if you miss 930 anyway. Stay right by me. Uh, Bible studies are Fridays, uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. If you can't join live on that, go back and, and watch that on the Prophecy Club, YouTube, Facebook. It's canceled on August the 25th, so we can celebrate the whole weekend with Pastor Stan and his birthday. Also, intercessory prayer is Thursday, August the 17th with Kate from 7.30 8.30. And there's a form to fill out. We'll, we'll have to pass that around. If you haven't signed up, with your name, email, and phone number, in case you can't read your writing, make sure that you do so that we can. she can send you the Zoom invite. Uh, leadership meeting after church on Sunday, August 20th. For those of you 
that can that are in church leadership. And then also on this paper is the the, the church schedule. Oh, on August the twenty seventh, there'll be one service only. So everybody say August twenty seventh. One service only. Starts at ten thirty. So come, we're going to honor Stan that day. Um, also, School of Watchmen is coming up September the 15th through the 17th. You can register on the, the Prophecy Club website. Uh, we might be able to, <clears throat> to have them register maybe even with Sharonda or talk about it next, next Sunday. Could you, could you be prepared about that with the church people on School of the Watchmen? Oh, yeah. He's like, Okay, and then also I'm starting up training again, so I'm I'm strong. I feel great. I'm gonna do it. All right, I'm not oppressed anymore. I'm done with that mess. Um, yes, so I'm gonna start with the first year class. That if you didn't go through the last time with me, that's gonna be on Saturday, September the 23rd, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come a little earlier than nine because we'll start right at nine. Uh, please let me know that you you want to come, and then we'll we'll just uh, we're gonna meet every four to six weeks. So I'll, you don't have to come prepared that day. I'll, we'll have it all ready for you to go, and then there'll be assignments after that to do. And then also the second year class, if you want to help with the first year, you know you need to let me know. You really grow, you know you really grow a lot when you help me out. Um, but the second year class. Um, we're going to do it September the 30th from 9 to 2. So if you're interested in this, in, if you've already been through my training and you want to do that, then that'll be from 9 to 2 on that date. And Stan's turning 70. Sign up. She'll pass that around. You can sign if there's, there's not much room left on there, so just turn the page over and keep signing up. I just need each person's name that's coming. Did everybody in here get an invite? I'll make sure everybody got invited because I have some other extra ones out there if you did that. Uh, all right, now, can you hand those to your your mom so she can hand those out to everybody? Okay, on this one. Here, let me see this. And you can hand those to Miss um, Sharonda. She Can you hand those? I'm going to use this one. So on... Um, who would like to be water baptized? Those two down there. They accepted the Lord. And Kaylee, too. <laughs> She's always got a baby on her lap, so, you know, just look for the babies. You'll find her. <laughs> it's usually this one right here. It's usually this one right here. Okay, does anybody else would like to be water baptized? You can just let me know. Uh, if you think about it, but I would like for everybody to join us that day um, to go after church to our house, and I'm going to get to pick up some chicken. <laughs> this is three. This is just three. Just give it some time <laughs> to grow and mature a little bit. Um, so this, we'll hand these out too if you want to be water baptized, or even if you don't want to be water baptized, but just be a witness. <laughs> I've been keeping her all week. I know, right? Liz, I do me. Watch, read my lips. <laughs> Just don't lift up my skirt. This will be okay. <laughs> or crawl underneath it, you know, right? So, anyway, um, where was I? Baptism. 
so I'm going to pick up some chicken. <laughs> Come here, Paris. Come around here. Um, I've been keeping her all week, by the way, and so I have to turn her back in today. I'm not happy about that. I know, right? I will pay their pay them if they'll let me keep her. But anyway, if uh, you want to swim afterwards, you can. So, all right. Since nobody got that message, hand the paper out. They'll be they can read it. All right. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Okay, go with the ant chart. Thank you very much. You can stay up here with me. Okay, you stay up here with me. And we'll just pray here in just a minute. You can go on down, baby. Thank you very much. You might go ahead and start digging in your pockets for a birthday girl here, just to let you know. All right, so let's stand. Let's stand and let's pray for the church service today. Dear Holy Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the service. We thank you for being here with us, teaching us, and telling us things that are going on in, in our nation and across the globe and how we can pray I thank you, Lord, for the, the all-night intercessory prayer that took place on Friday night until the wee hours of the morning Saturday. I heard it was awesome, and I thank you, Lord, for hearing those prayers and those cries out to you. And, Lord, I just pray that um, you'll also speak to the hearts of the people to join the intercessory time on August the 17th to be a part of that. And also, Lord, I ask that you just continue to bring us just closer together than ever and just bind us with cords that cannot be broken. Continue to bring the others in that are like-minded to this church because we want them to fellowship and worship with us. Lord, bless this service. Bless it indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. All right, well, we have a birthday girl. She's about to turn... How old are you going to be? Six. She's going to be six years old. This is, so we, you're going to be in first grade, right? First grade. So we have, an, we have three girls that are going to be in first grade, right? We have Victoria and Scarlett and uh, Michaela. So is there anybody else going to be in first grade? No. Three little girls going to be in first grade. It's exciting. So sing with me to Michaela. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Michaela, happy birthday to you. <gasps> awesome. All right, stand up here a little closer though so they can reach you. Can you get on the first step maybe? Okay, bring all your money to Michaela to bless her today. Look at this. Awesome. <laughs> Can you give it to Michaela? Can you reach it, baby? Can you reach that? There we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, she's just, I mean, what can you do with cuteness, right? <laughs> awesome. Happy birthday, Michaela. Here, stand up here by me so I can pray for you better. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful, beautiful child of yours. And Lord, I ask that you just bless her and bless her during the school year. 
Give her a long and healthy and prosperous life, and we thank you for her, Lord. We thank you for blessing her in Jesus' name. Amen, right? Should we just throw it up? Right? Just throw it. No, I'm not kidding. All right. God bless you, honey. You can be seated now. Take all your money, but don't give it to your brothers. They'll take it. Oh, my goodness. Or parents, right? Do I need to take you shopping? <laughs> Where am I now? Offering? It's time for offering. Sorry, I've been just discombobulated. Hmm. Oh. Uh, first of all, is there any praise reports, Michelle? Yes, I got my passport. She got her passport. <laughs> Yay. Huh? Yes, Fronders. Is there any is there any other praise reports, yes, sir? All right, praise the Lord. It's Tim, right? Yes. So we, we welcome you, Tim. Thank you. So Yes, Tony. The, the house finally, I think, is going to start building this coming month. Okay, praise God. That's been a long time coming. So, praise the Lord. Yes, Tim. 60 days ago, because of that church, I was dying. And uh, God, through that church, brought me to a gentleman with nutrition. And now I'm alive today. All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Yes, Doug. They found his father. He'd been missing for how long? For a couple of months, right? About a month. So praise the Lord. That is awesome. Um, is, is, is there any prayer request in here? Okay. Well, Lord, I just... Uh, did you raise your hand? No? Okay. Lord, we just uh, asked, Lord, if there's anybody even watching online that is not... That are that is ill, they're not feeling well. We ask that you heal them right now in Jesus' name. You're the great physician. You are the ones that has the healing powers. And so, Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, if we are just using using us as willing vessels to just pray for those that are sick, and they will recover. But we know it's you that does the work. So we ask that you heal them now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, it's time for offering. Hello, hello. Hey, there we go. How is everybody this morning? Aren't we glad to be here? Amen. Boy, I tell you, after the first service, I just feel rested. Did anybody catch the first service today? Boy, you're missing out if you weren't here. Let me tell you, some anointed people come speak here. It's amazing. So this morning... Now, we are at a point where it is time to give back unto the Lord. So, here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, we do the prophetic act of bringing the tithes to the storehouse. So, feel free to come forward now and uh, begin to give unto the Lord. The purple basket is for the church, and the blue basket is for missions. Hallelujah. You know, it's not very often, I'm sure, but you know... A cheerful giver sometimes needs to receive, don't they? Amen. So where does that start? By giving. Amen. So I would encourage you, there, there can be tests that come upon us at different times. So I would absolutely encourage you to give as unto the Lord so that, just another reason, if you ever needed a return, it's there. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray over the offering.
<clears throat> Lord, we lift this up to you and we thank you. We thank you that we live in the blessed country. We thank you that you've blessed us so many ways. We ask you to receive this back. And Lord, I ask you to bless the people back a thousandfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord, I agree totally. <clears throat> we receive, as the word says, that double portion, that seven times, the thousandfold, Lord. It's not always the easiest to receive as it is to give, speaking from, from personal experience. But, Lord, there are times when we do need to receive, and we do receive that from you. And we thank you so much for, for bestowing that upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hello, hello. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Let's lift up a hallelujah for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in this place, we're going to worship the Lord. And the way that we do that, we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, spirit, and strength. And the second commandment is just like that. We love, we love one another the way that we love ourselves. Amen? Amen? All right. So in that same way, I know that I personally have had some needs to be met. And I couldn't quite make it there, so I had a brother and sister step in for me. So in the same light, we have an opportunity this morning to help and to support even our own here in this church. So we have any. Uh, sh uh, she would also like to partake in that as well. So we have a, uh, a basket here for offering. Um, a little bit about that. Uh, so she was involved in, a, in an incident uh, with her vehicle. So uh, we just need to give her that extra support and nudge to um, help repair the, or for the repair cost for the vehicle. So uh, praise the Lord. Uh, he sees your heart. He sees a cheerful giver. So let's give unto the Lord and help our sister and, and support. Amen. And if you'd like to put on a, a charge card, they can, Toronto can give it to you. Okay, just bring your offerings to the front, to the basket. Any, would you join me up here? Uh, so Any had a praise report, and we'd like to hear from, from her as well. So let's welcome Any. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise, 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 praise the Lord. You know, they will fight, but they will not succeed. When you are sent to do something for him, they will fight you. But one thing I know for sure, I will do it because I will not die. I will live to do what he has sent me to do. Nothing. He said we are not fighting with flesh, but principalities and power. But he has given us to bruise them, bruise them, bruise them as you are going. In fact, when it happened, the man that stood by, he said he saw the car flying, jumping, flying. But first and foremost, he saw me breaking the car, trafficking. People that knew me or knew me or observed me, I don't drive like that, very slow and gentle. 
but for my car to be flying. So when he stopped, he landed and hit three cars. So when the man, he was the first to rush. Is somebody in this car? I said, yes, I am. He said, for the first time in his life, to see that incident. Car flying. Just flying like a bird. I saw you trafficking. I saw you breaking. But all of a sudden, the car started flying. Even myself, I was wondering, what is going on? So at last, God, take glory, honor, adoration, will continue to be his forever and ever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God, we say thank you for any and our sister. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And thank you for the people that have helped and give. I just pray, Almighty Father, that we lift your holy name up. We even say thank you for the trials, the tribulations, any accidents, because they cause our faith to grow and to, to know who you are. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love, for your kindness, for the blood of Jesus over each one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What time is it now? Amen. It's time for praise and worship. Let's all stand and sing praise and, and worship unto our God Most High. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. Oh, God is good. Oh, God is good. Here we go. All the time. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. If you're walking through the valley, and there's shadows all around. Do not fear, for he will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. He has promised to never leave you or forsake you. For his word is true. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. All the time, through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good, oh God is good, all the time. Hallelujah. We were sinners, and so unworthy, still for us He chose to die. 
us with his Holy Spirit. Now we can stand and testify that his love is everlasting and his mercy. They will never end. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Though I may not understand all the plans You have for me, my life is in Your hands. And through the eyes of faith, I can clearly see God is good. All the time, he put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, his light will shine. God is good. Oh, God is good all the time.
We stand and lift up our hands. Come on now. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Holy is the Lord. God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. Lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He! And together we sing. Everyone sing. Lord God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And together we
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, church, let's lift up our hands today. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so worthy. Praise your holy name. We stand and lift up our hands. Hallelujah. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. We bow down and worship him now. How great, how awesome is he. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth. Stand and lift up our hands. Hallelujah. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes, you are. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Everyone sing. Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. It's rising up. Praise and worship the Lord. 
open up the altars during this time of worship. If you just need to bring your prayer request to the throne, if you just need to bring your praise reports to the throne, if you're standing on behalf of someone else, you can come to the altar.
are seated on the throne of heaven glorify we glorify you alone jesus you are the king that saves us powerful and full of love you are the king that gave us life with every drop of your blood hallelujah to the jesus the lamb of god our savior You are you alone can do this. Lord, you alone can open up the doors that no man can. You alone, Lord, can heal those that are sick. You alone can make the provision, Lord. You alone can bring the cars that we need. You can bring the finances we need, Lord. We look to you. You alone. For you alone. Worthy of our praise forever, you alone are seated on the throne of heaven. Glorify, we glorify you alone. Oh, you to your throne today. Lord, whatever the prayer request is, we just ask that you bless them, that you hear those prayers, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Great you are. Great you are. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope, your presence, Lord. We receive you then. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be all. 
there's nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope oh Lord your presence Lord Jesus I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord we receive you Lord hallelujah holy
Hopeless, you may be seated. Thank you for it. Well, the word of knowledge was really strong today, so thank you, Lord, and the things that he, he called out, I know that he will do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Um, so, Doug, who's been through the prophetic training the first year, uh, he has a word for Bill, so I'm asking them to come up here and share the word of the Lord. So, Bill, I had a vision on, on, uh, on the 18th, and I saw a grassy field, and on that field was a big rock. Can y'all hear you? No. No. I saw a grassy field, and on that field was a big rock. The sun shone down next to the rock on a flower that started to come up. It was weak and drooping over, and decided to rely on the rock for strength. As the flower grew up, it now finally had a choice to be by itself or keep relying on the rock, and it decided to rely on the rock. Now fully grown, this flower, with no petals, was strong. Its roots went far into the ground and also into the rock where the flower and the flower was inseparable. Petals started to notice this flower, and with no petals were drawn to it. The number of petals that were drawn to the flower could not be counted. So Bill, when you started with your walk with Christ, you decided that you would rely on him for strength as you started to grow in Christ. In time came that you had to make a decision and you were resolved to put your faith and trust in the Lord instead of going into the world. Due to those decisions, you will grow even stronger in the Lord and so rooted that people will not see you, but see Christ through you. Amen. Due to this, Amen. souls will be drawn to you as they will see you, not see you, but see Christ in you. Amen. Amen. Do you accept it? Yes, I do. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just ask for increase of knowledge for, and also prophetic words to come forth. Through Doug, Lord, he's just desiring more of that uh, prophetic word to come forth with more and more to, to bless the people. We ask that you give him dreams, visions, give him words, words of knowledge, Lord, and we thank you for it, for raising him up in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you that it was a confirmation for Bill to receive this word, and we thank you for the word of encouragement. And, um, you know, and just really, Bill, I, I do see <clears throat> more and more petals, they're going to start coming back. And so uh, it's been just kind of here and there, just the, the little bit of ministry you're doing and when you're out in the field doing a little bit, but it's going to grow. The people are going to seek you out even more. So Amen. praise the Lord. Amen. All right, give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Doug. 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 Oh, Doug. Give me my clicker there, would you? Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. <laughs> Well, welcome to our guests here today. Uh, if you don't have a little card, uh, so Beth, could you hand them to a little card? And we just ask that you fill that out and so that we know where you're from. So our, our couple here, and is this your son? Yes. What a nice looking, how old is he? How old are you? Four, how, how? Fourteen. Fourteen. These kids growing so much. Of course, dad's tall. Mom's tall. Okay. So we, we welcome you here today. So I hope that you'll join us a couple more times. and. See how you like us, and we'd love to have you be a part of our church. 
And then Tim was here also, so we welcomed him too. Lord, I ask that you bless uh, Pastor Stan with the message today. You're going to ask me what you're talking on today? I'm going to try it because I cheated. <laughs> I didn't mean to cheat, but I saw, he didn't even ask me this time I, I, when I was uploading the... Let's the, put it this way. This one is too difficult. Either you cheated and you know it. I know, right? Because you wouldn't it come would up be. with this no, one. No, I probably wouldn't. So when I uploaded the announcements, I just saw Nineveh. Is that right? Yeah, I saw Nineveh. Are you going to talk on Nineveh today? That's going to sound really great today. But you didn't even ask me. No, I was going to tell the truth, though. The other two times, that was God. So anyway, I'll get back to praying for you. Lord, we just ask for the anointing to come upon him. We thank you for the message today. We ask that you bless him and bless each one of us as we hear the message. And give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let us not have forget what's going on and also forget what the message is, Lord. We ask that you bring it to the remembrance of our minds when we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, we say this morning, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And has made us unto a God kings and priests. And this morning we say to you, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who is and was and who is to come. And to you we say, Amen. Blessing, glory, and wisdom. Thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God who liveth forever and ever. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes and our ears. We ask for the prophetic word to come into the Spirit of Prophecy Church this morning and each morning and begin to show your people the direction you have for each one of them and help us to understand how you are going to be there, that you are able that nothing is too difficult and that you will be there to provide and protect in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And would you check those mics because apparently one is still on. I'm hearing a lot of feedback because it taint mine. Okay. They seem to be gone now. Okay. So, yes, uh, in prayer yesterday, what the Lord said was teach on Jonah because... This is playing out in America today. America is Nineveh today. America is where Nineveh was right now. God has sent us a warning, and the days of our judgment are running out. So the story goes like this. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness is come up before me. Now, Yes, I backed up, so I didn't want you to see it. What happens next? So did Jonah click the heels, bow the waist, salute and say, Yes, sir, I'll go to Nineveh. Whatever you say, I'll do. Do you think it is hard to bring a prophetic word? Like what Doug brought? Do you think it's hard to bring a word of judgment? I'll assure you, it's very difficult. And there's a lot of rejection involved. Nah. Because what does our flesh want to hear? Our flesh wants to hear good things. 
We want you to tell me smooth things. We want you to bless me. We want you to tell me that everything is going to be okay. You know? But in the eyes of God, he says this is where America is. So Nineveh was a wicked city. So what did Jonah immediately do? He rose and he fled to Tarshish. So God said, I want you to go to the right. So Nineveh, so Jonah went <laughs> exactly the wrong way. No, I'm going to go to Tarshish. Well, if we had looked that up, and I haven't, probably Tarshish was exactly 180 degrees away from Nineveh. From the presence of the Lord. So <laughs> he didn't want to deliver it. Now, why didn't he want to deliver it? Because he didn't want to be a deliverer of bad news? No. Because he knew that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all come to the knowledge of the Lord. Even now, God does not want to judge America. God does not want to bring America down. God does not want to bring trouble to our nation. It may seem hard to believe that right now with as much warnings as this congregation has got. But he does. He said, I promise you, God is a good God. Amen. Almost every night when I fall to my knees in my prayer closet, first thing I generally say is simply, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. And if that weren't enough, you called me into your service. Thank you. Thank, as my dad used to say, thanks a million. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our God is good. Amen. And he is able to do that thing which he says he's going to do. Amen. Our God is good. Amen. Wait a minute. What about when he's uh, correcting us? He only corrects us to help us to get closer to the cross. Amen? Amen. So even in his correction, <laughs> it's hard to believe. Have you ever thanked the Lord for correcting you? Yeah. Yes. What? I know it's like, oh, okay, thank you for correcting me. Oh! You live in the same place I do? You, you serve in the same Lord I do? Yes. Because there's a time when you say, thank you, Lord, for that correction. Yes. Thank you. It's hard to say. It's almost like, I'm going to take my lips. You're going to say that. Flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest into the sea. So that the ship was likened to be broken. There's a time where God tells us to do something. And it just doesn't go the way we planned if we don't do it. Right? So the mariners were afraid and cried to every man, cry to your God, whoever God, whatever God, anybody got a vote of God right here, right now? And cast forth the wares. So they threw off all of the wheat, all of the barley, all of the rye, all of the corn, whatever they had on there, all of the stuff they were carrying, they threw it all into the ocean. Why? Because they thought they were about to go down. To lighten the ship. But Jonah was down in the sides of the ship, asleep. Why was he asleep when everybody else was afraid to die? Why was he asleep when everybody else was afraid to die? 
That's a point because in the time of trouble that's coming to our nation, we need to know that God is able. We need to know that he is quite capable of protecting us. So the shipmaster came down and said, what, what, what do you mean doing a sleep, man? Arise, you sleeper. Call on your God. If so, maybe God will think upon us and maybe we will perish. And they said to everyone his fellow, come, let us cast lots. We've got to find out who's this evil is brought upon us. So they said, tell us, pray thee. Oh, the, oh, by the way, the lots fell upon Jonah. Jonah, you're the problem. You are the problem. We're about to die because of you. So he said, tell us, pray thee, for what cause this evil has come upon us? What have you done, man? He said, okay, here's the problem. I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, and I have not done as he told me to do. Well, what do we do? What do we do? He says, all right, well, here's what you do. Toss me into the sea. What? Toss me into the sea, and your problems will go away. Now, think about that. Just how hard would that be to say? I'm your problem. you got to get rid of me. Why? I mean, think about that. How could Jonah say, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish because I know you are too loving. You are too kind. Oh, ah, I think I found the microphone that's, that's turned on. Still on. There we go. Is this one on? No? He's too loving. He's too kind. That's a good thing. But Jonah had to really, really, really know God. He had to really know God was speaking to him for him to say, no, 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 I'm going to Tarshish. Because you won't really do it. I know you. You won't really do it. We better know, though, as many warnings as America has got, it's written into, what, six chapters of the Bible? He's going to bring it. Okay, let me back up. She says, toss me in. Then the sea will be calm to you. Take me up. Toss me in. So they tried to row to shore. The wind wouldn't let them row to shore. So finally, verse 15, they took up Jonah, cast him into the sea, and they said, forgive us for what we've done here. Then the men feared God exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. In other words, they're trying to get out of this. But they know that this is the, the thing to do to save their life, but they don't want to hurt Jonah, but they have to. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I'm going to show you something you might not have seen the scriptures before. Kind of interesting. So he's three days and three nights in the fish. Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. So can God hear you from a fish's belly? I remember one time I was going, I don't know, Pakistan or I don't know, someplace. I don't know. I was, I was off on some ministry tour. And so... I got down on my knees just a little bit. It's kind of hard to do it in the plane. And I realized that was not exactly so easy to do. So I just sat there in my seat and worshiped God for a while. And I asked him a specific question. 
Do you think going at some 750 miles an hour, some, I don't know what, uh, 30,000 30, feet above the earth, I noticed the temperature outside was minus 60 degrees. Do you think that God can hear your prayer even in that situation? Yes. He, he did. He spoke to me. He heard my prayer. He hears it. So John prayed out of the fish's belly. said, I cried by reason of my affliction to the Lord, and I heard me out of the belly of the fish. For that I did cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods passed me about, and all thy billows, thy waves passed over me. I'm cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. So he's praying from the fish. The waters come to his mouth, even to the soul, and the depth closed me round about, and the weeds are wrapped around my head. Okay, so he's in the fish. Weeds from inside the fish, and who knows what else is in there. Car tires. Yeah, <laughs> racquetball rackets, you know, whatever the fish is. So, I mean, it's pretty grungy in there for three days and three nights. That'll get your attention. So I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. What does that mean? I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. He went, this fish he was in went down really deep, but God still protected him. Now, if there's air inside the fish at the bottoms of the mountains, that means that the pressure has got to be as high as the bottoms of the mountains. You know, I mean, I would, I would think that that would just burst his lungs right there. But again, but God. So he's at the bottom of the mountains in the fish, weeds wrapped around him, praying to God. Hopefully, it doesn't take that for us to hear from God, right? And to obey, right? From the bottoms of the mountains, and her bars are around about me forever, yet hast thou brought me up my life from corruption. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came into me in my holy temple. And they that oppose lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. If our God can grab hold of the prophet, the wayward prophet, the rebellious prophet, take him down to the foundations or the bases of the mountains, three days and three nights later, dump him right back out on the same beach he left. You know... That, I, that would get my attention. So Jonah decided, all right, fine, I'll go, go, I'll go deliver the message. But I know you're still not going to bring judgment. But I'll go deliver it. So to the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to the Nineveh, the great city, and preach unto it, preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose, went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. So I assume that from the place he got vomited out on the beach to Nineveh was about a three-day walk. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried, saying, Yet forty days and Nineveh should be overthrown. All of the radio stations, all of the TV stations, all put him on. No. He had to stand on the street corner. Oh, but I wouldn't do that, would you? But he did. The people in Nineveh believed. How about America? 
So it was 1984 when Dimitri Dudeman arrived in America. <clears throat> Having sat on the electric chair twice, five months of torture, when the angel Gabriel came to him and said, you're not going to die on the electric chair, you're going to America to give them a warning from God. Twice they put him on the electric chair. He carried Bibles for four more years. The angel came to him and told him he was going to America. Told him year, month, day, and hour he would be exiled, all came to pass. He came to America, the angel came to him again and said, okay, get beside me. He said, he took and showed me all of California and Las Vegas. He said, you see what I've shown you? This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. Then he took and showed him Las Vegas, Florida, and New York. He said, do you see what I've shown you? All of this is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day it will burn. He said, how will it burn? America is so powerful. He said, the Russians have discovered where America stores the missiles. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America, started by the communists, which has not happened yet, praise God. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries she couldn't remember, which I now think are probably Venezuela, Cuba was probably on the list. Some, it, may, it may also be Iraq. Anyway, we don't know, but the point is, all of those nations will attack and destroy America in one hour. God will raise up China, Japan, and many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. They'll back the Russians to the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty, but they make the Russians their leader. Under the leadership of the Russians, all the world goes down to attack Israel. It's not that they want to, God makes them. <clears throat> then under the leadership of the Russians, all the world attacks Israel. Israel can't counter the help of the Jews in America, so she cries for Messiah. Messiah returns, Jesus returns on the clouds, defeats the armies of the earth. So that you know that I'm truly the angel of God, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you tomorrow. He told him four things specifically. All four all came to pass. That's where Nineveh and that's where Jonah is in America right now. Our Jonah, Demetri Dudeman, and a whole handful of other prophets have been sent to America to tell America to listen. Now, Nineveh, listen. I want you to look there right there, verse 5. The people of Nineveh believed God. What did they do? Well, it was America. We, no, we have believed. They proclaimed a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Everybody in the city. But that's not all. There's more. The word of the Lord came into the king of Nineveh and he rose from his throne. Can you imagine Biden getting up off his throne, calling America to repent, calling America to fast? and pray. That's what it would take. That's what Nineveh did. Arose from his throne. He laid his, off his robe. In other words, he humbled himself. He covered himself with a sackcloth and sat in ashes. Now, ashes was a sign in those days of getting your sins washed away. Today, it would be accepting the blood of Jesus. Today, it would be asking Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you. And he caused it to be proclaimed. Now, here's the big thing and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and by his nobles. Can you imagine Biden writing some kind of an executive order saying, I want everybody in America to accept Jesus? 
Everybody got to go to church this Sunday. Everybody got to take off your nice fancy clothes. Everybody's going to wear rags for three days. And nobody's going to drink anything. Nothing. No water. Nothing. Nobody's going to eat anything for three days. That's what they did. That's what essentially, that's what they did. Look. He published the end of the decree of the kings and nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast... Herd nor flock, not even their animals, could eat or drink. Have you ever gone three days without drinking? I went 50 hours one time without drinking. I was, I was trying to go three days. But as I laid down, I was, it was, it was, I could, I was sinking. I mean, I was sinking fast. And I thought, I, 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 I can make it through the night. It's like, but Stan, what happens if you die in the night and the next thing you hear is that trumpet call? I'm going to get me an 8-ounce glass of water. (laughs) I could have gone, but I don't know if I could have gone. So going without food, yeah, I can do do food. I've I've done 40-day fast. But water, no water. If you haven't tried it, no water for three days is really tough, at least for my body. I drink lots of water. I already had... 22 ounces of water before I got up here and drank it like quick. Anyway. Saying neither man nor beast nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Imagine, hey look, if, if Trump or Biden or anybody in government just say, I'm asking everybody to pray for me. Why there would be cat calls from every corner. What? There's supposed to be a separation of church and state. We would be complaining. Right? Just asking people to pray. Can you imagine if if either Trump or Biden, either one of them, were to say, I'm asking everybody to go to church. We're not a Christian nation. You can't ask people to go to church. Were they? Now, how about what they did? King takes off his kingly robes, proclaims that everybody is going to fast water and food for three days, including the animals. That, you know, think about that. That's a big response. So let's look at America. So Dimitri arrived in 1984, <clears throat> July 22nd, as I recall. Since that day, he, for about 10 years, Flew all across America, every radio, TV station, every church would have him in, telling people that America is the mystery of Babylon, Revelation 18. Telling people that, that America needs to repent and turn back to God. Did they listen? I made a comment on our program this past week. I said, as far as I know, I'm the only one that on a regular basis, the only ministry that continues to put out his warning. I mean, on a regular, continual basis. As far as I know, I'm the only one. In other words, America has not received that warning. Consequently, if God is correcting you and you aren't listening, then you might arrange for you to be swallowed up by fish that vomit you out onto a beach if you're a prophet. 
if you're called of God, if it's a message he really wants to deliver. But the problem is, most of the time, he speaks to the prophet, and then it's up to us to recognize it was a prophet, up to us to recognize it was the, the voice of God, it was up to us to stop sinning, repent, and turn to him. So how's America done? Not so good. But, as we've talked about for the last, I don't know, three months, every Sunday, God is able. He is able to take care of us. He will take care of us. If we come out of the world, things of the world, if we're living a clean life, we do not have to worry about the trouble coming. No, there's not a pre-trib rapture, but we don't have to worry about the trouble coming. He is going to take care of us. But let man be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God, yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way. There we go, repent. And from the violence that is in their hands, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not. And God saw their words, and that they turned from their evil way, and repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them. And in fact, history records 40 days later, they were not destroyed. Instead, it was 40 years later. But they were destroyed. Well, I would love to see America get another 40 years. <clears throat> so Jonah got angry. I can just see him now. I knew it. I knew you wouldn't do it. You're kind and you're loving. I knew you would I knew it. I knew you wouldn't do it. So now you embarrass me. I went into the city. I got on radio and TV. I was even on the Stan Johnson show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I embarrassed myself. His face was hanging out. I said all this is going to come to pass. It didn't come to pass. Now everybody's calling me a false prophet. And so I want to, I want to say I think the message is when God has said a warning and the warning doesn't come to pass, be very careful because there's sometimes God sent a warning and God did speak. It just didn't come to pass. Just be very careful of calling that person a false prophet. Be very careful of calling that a false warning <clears throat> because you take Dana Coverstone. Some people are saying a lot of the, the dreams that he's had over the last three years, well, you know, they didn't come to pass. They're warnings. They were called to pray. They weren't supposed to come to pass. We were supposed to change. How'd we do? Did we change? Well, a little. Not enough. So be very careful. I remember some, some lady named Mina Grebin. Back in 2015, man, I mean, the God was speaking to her. Boy, she had these dreams and these visions, and this is coming. By the end of the summer, this is coming. Which, of course, is a mistake. Leslie says, God never sets dates. Boy, everybody is saying, oh, 2015. Uh, this is it. Tribulation is starting 2015. <laughs> then came the warning saying, but God has given us grace. God has given us more time. He's extended the time. Remember those? God extended the time of grace. But now what is he saying? No more grace. No more extended time. It's now here. Those are the words that are coming out now. Not from one, but from many of the people. 
So Jonah got mad. He goes outside the city. Long story short, he gets himself a little, builds himself a little shady shack type deal. He sits under there and says, all right. I expect to see fire from God come down and hit the city. I expect to see some army come in and overthrow and burn Nineveh. Forty days, God. See, I told you, you wouldn't do it. He got mad. We have to be careful to thank God when he does not bring the judgment, right? So as a result, God sent a gourd that grew up, I mean, imagine this, overnight. Big gourd that grew up that shaded him. Then the next day, God sent a worm that killed the gourd. Then God spoke to him and said, did you not like the gourd? He says, yeah, I did. I mean, he says, but don't I control that too? And is it not good that I sent you into the city to warn them rather than destroy this whole big city? In other words, we should be receiving the correction. Remember what I said earlier? Can you thank God for correcting you? If God had, God has tried to correct America. If God had received the correction, we wouldn't be in the trouble up to our eyeballs like we are right now. The angel spoke to Dimitri. So many people are asking, when will it happen? When will it happen? When are the bombs going to hit America? Dimitri finally prayed and said, God, what do you want me to tell them when they ask me when it will happen? That night the angel came and touched him on the hand, woke him up and said, Dimitri, sit up, get your Bible, tell them to read these scriptures. Tell them to read Hosea 4, 6 through 9. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And America does. I don't want to hear it. I want to live in my cozy little comfortable. I've got plenty of food. I've got, I've got house. Yeah, I, got, I've got, I don't need God. Is there an amen in the house, right? Okay. Destroy for lack of knowledge. Because thou rejected knowledge, I reject thee. That thou should be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. America has forgotten the law of thy God. So I will also forget thy children. Have we not seen the younger generations, each generation, I remember my mom saying, this generation. Okay? Now we're saying, (laughs) this generation. Now the younger generation, the 20s and 30s are going, This generation, (laughs) every generation keeps going downhill. As they were increased, and America has been increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people. Now what does that mean? It means that they love to see people sin. They love sin. A lot of people, they like their dope. They like their pornography, right? They like that filth. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. Right now, America is still living in glory. Shame is around the corner. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there should be like people, like priests. Means I'm not going to preach, I'm not going to teach, I'm not going to treat the church leadership any different 
than the church any different than the sinners. In other words, they're all going to be judged equally. And there should be like people like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. Then he had him go to this scripture. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. Now, you want to know when the judgment's coming? Here it is. After two days, how long is two days? Remember the scripture, it says, one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. After two days, he will revive us. Who's the us? The us is, is Israel. So it's saying after 2,000 years, God is going to revive Israel. And in the third day, means within the third year or the third thousand year reign, that we will, we will live in his sight. Means after 2,000 years, we'll actually get to see him and live in his, his face. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And he has come to us as the rain, as the latter rain and the former rain under the earth. Now, what does that mean? I once found this, look at the, the bottom line first. This comes from a book called The 70th Week of Daniel Revealed by Rock Island Books, written by C.J. Levick. I once ran across this. He had done some calculations. I do not know that these calculations are all correct. But he said April 5th of 30 AD on a Wednesday was the crucifixion of Jesus. He said that's the exact day he died. You add 70 years to that, that means that Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. So he says that would mean time ends. Now when does time end? Time ends when the heavens roll back like a scroll. The reason heavens roll back like a scroll is because entity, eternity enters into time and the heavens roll back like a scroll. As that morning star hits our body and we get a new glorified body, out of our body flows rivers of living water and in an instant, faster than you can blink an eye, we get all of our mantles, our crowns, our rewards, our glorified body. And as that morning star hits the tears, they fall to the ground a pile of ashes and bones. The other two angels with sickles slash the grapes. That's the reason the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. But as the heaven rolls back like a scroll, that's it's eternity, which is darkness, entering into time. When we step out of time into eternity, we can look back on time as if we're looking at a fishing pole. We're able, you want to see the birth of Adam and Eve? Boom, right here. You want to see the flood? Here it is. Okay. You want to see who's really born in, or buried in Grant's tomb? Right here. You want to find those 30,000 emails? It's all right here. That's the reason he says, everything done in secret is open and made manifest. Everything hidden is shattered from the rooftops except those things that are covered with a garment. Those people are washing the blood. I'm glad you can't see all of my stuff I've done. And you're glad. I can't see what you've done. So he says time ends in 2030. Jubilee begins in 2031. And from everything I know and see, 
that might not be, I can't say that's exactly right, but I, it certainly sounds close. I think it's safe to say close, okay? We're in the ballpark. And I'm sitting here talking to some of the most informed prophecy students in the world. And I think most people would say, yeah, maybe not exact, but close. So this is the, <clears throat> one of the two charts that is in the back of my book. As you recall, we're about done. We're five minutes, four minutes late. <clears throat> the audible voice spoke to me and said, the seven seals play over seven years, and they conclude here at the end of the seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months, and they conclude on the same day. Everything concludes on the same day. The seven vials play over the last seven days. Seals over seven years, trumpets seven months, vials seven days. However, right up here, there's a stadium-sized meteor called Apophis that NASA says is supposed to miss us. Oh, by the way, it'll be close enough to possibly knock out some of our satellites. I'm sorry, Bill, what'd you say? It ain't gonna miss? He says Apophis, April 13th, 2029, which may be the first trumpet. So that's more than just happenstance. I don't think we can say it's absolutely positively for certain, but I think it's close enough to say, you better get your life right. Then if you jump to the next chart I did, see the same thing here. Now, from here, which is first fruits, from here to here, is about seven months. So once again, about five months before then, about five to seven months before then is when the, the meter hits. Meaning, he might not be too far off. Now, if that's true, and I do not know that it is, and I'm not saying it is. As a matter of fact, even down here, I put all dates 2029 as an example. Stan is not saying Jesus returns in 2029. <clears throat> However, if that's accurate, that would mean we got about uh, six some odd ballpark years left. Now, I'm gonna give you a couple of reasons why I think that's kind of hard, kind of difficult. One is if I had the money to go drill the wells in Israel right now, it would still take me six months to make the rig, two months to move to Israel, a month to erect it, another six to nine months to drill down to the test depth I want to drill to. So if all of that were to happen perfectly, then <clears throat> that money has got to go to Israel, according to what Leslie told, excuse me, according to what the Lord told Leslie, <coughs> the, the oil will be used by the Jews to build up their military for the next war. Well, it takes a while to build the military. So you can see all that's going to happen in six years. There are some other things, but I'm just saying... I don't know, but all of that should be saying we better get ready for something. And the first thing to get ready is make sure you ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ain't that complicated. So, <clears throat> let me jump past all this. Right here, right there is where I want to go. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a minute. Now, I shouldn't have to pray a prayer. It should be, you can find your own words 
to ask Jesus to forgive your sins. But to make it as easy as possible, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to lead you in a prayer here in just a minute. And if you prayed that prayer, and if it's the first time you prayed that prayer, send me an email to that email. Just say, I've, I've accepted Christ. What I want to do is come up with a King James Bible, which, by the way, I have searched all over, trying to find a cowhide-covered Bible made in America. You know, they don't make, they don't print Bibles in America anymore. I said, why can't, we got plenty of cows. Why can't they put a, a, a cowhide cover on a Bible in America? He said, well, they'd have to ship the cowhide over to either Korea, China, or India. You tell me they don't print Bibles anymore? He said, I don't know if anybody prints Bibles in America anymore. And we're supposed to be the nation taking the Bible to the world and we don't even print them in America anymore? You see a problem with that? So what I want to do is find somebody to print a Bible in America. A good quality Bible. There's some other things I want. And, and I want to be able to say, <clears throat> if you accept Jesus for the very first time, email me, I'll send you a free Bible. I want to be able to say that. I can't say that yet. But I'm going to pray the prayer. Bible says that you should confess that you've accepted Jesus as someone else. So let's pray it. Dear Heavenly Father, one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God died three days later, received His blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that very uh, pray prayer for the very first time, send me an email, and uh, <clears throat> I'll rejoice with you. But one of these days, I hope to be sending you a Bible. Okay, so is there anyone in the room just prayed that prayer for the very first time? Can I see your hand? Anyone online? Can I see your hand? Or you can send an email. If I can't see your hand, send an email. And we also encourage you to become a member of the Spirit of Prophecy Church by going to spiritofprophecychurch.com or Prophecy Club and going down to the left at the bottom where it says become a member. And also, if you're watching online, click like, share, and subscribe. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement and your warning this morning. We ask you to bless us and keep us in the days of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen.